Hey there, Mike Stelzner coming to you with a fascinating update you might not be familiar with. Did you know that Social Media Examiner can deliver all the marketing, training, news, and trends, insights that you need into your inbox three days a week when you sign up for our newsletter and it's completely free? Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and take your marketing to the next level. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Stelzner. This is the podcast for marketers and for business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am stoked about today's show. Today, we're going to explore how to use Pinterest with Pinterest expert Melanie Duncan, who runs a number of small businesses and benefits greatly from Pinterest. I'm also going to answer a caller question about WordPress, and I'm also going to introduce you to a killer new tool that I recently discovered that allows you to get amazing Twitter demographics on hashtags or on your Twitter identity. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and first transition over to today's caller question. Deep from within a remote jungle village, here's this week's social media question. Hi, my name is Donish Ahmed from www.ordinarywords.com, and I love and benefit from your podcast. I started a blogger blog in 2009, liking the interface and thinking Google would produce the best SEO results since Blogger is owned by Google. Over the years, I have heard tons of people say that WordPress is far better for a variety of reasons, including SEO. Even seminars about blogging assume I'm using WordPress, mentioning WordPress-specific gadgets. My question is, should I abandon Blogger and switch to WordPress? I put a lot of investment into Blogger, but it looks like Blogger is no longer considered a worthy platform for professionals. Is this true? Yes, Danish, it is true. Um, I believe that WordPress is where you want to go. And I think you probably have already been sensing inside that maybe it's time to move off of what is largely perceived to be the hobbyist platform Blogger to the more serious platform, which is WordPress. I'm going to give you um, three reasons why I think you should consider switching to WordPress. Number one, it is the largest, most robust blogging platform supported by a huge developer community. So first of all, it's completely open source. That developer community is constantly coming out with plugins that allow enhancements to WordPress. And I've just been completely blown away by it. And just about every business that I'm aware of that has a blog is operating off of WordPress. Number two, uh, we use it to run Social Media Examiner. And we've used it from day one at Social Media Examiner. It's highly scalable as your blog grows and gets very, very popular. It can handle it. And we love it. Our experience has been simply spectacular. And the third reason is that WordPress is something that you can install and own on your very own platform. Because it's open source, Uh, Instead of going to just WordPress.com and owning a domain there for free, um, you can go ahead and install the software on your very own website and own and have complete control over it. So I would strongly recommend you make the move 
Uh, and it's true that the SEO benefits are pretty spectacular. And I would not wait any longer. I would move over immediately. Now, if you disagree with me, uh, or you're not sure whether or not you know you totally agree with me, uh, go ahead and leave your comments in the show notes a little later. And by the way, uh, if you want your questions answered on the Social Media Marketing Podcast, you can always do that by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash voicemail, and you can find out a lot more about how to do that right now. Right, uh, uh, at that URL. Now, um, I also mentioned a little bit earlier about a cool uh, tool that I've discovered, so let's go ahead and share that right now. After mediating a crocodile family dispute, look at what Michael Stelzner discovered. When I was at Social Media Marketing World, uh, a gentleman just randomly uh, bumped into me in the halls. I asked him what he did, and he shared with me about this brand new product that he has called DemographicsPro.com. And I was completely blown away. Just to kind of tell you what it does, um, you can go ahead and put in any Twitter ID or even a hashtag, and it will run a detailed analysis. So, for example, we put in the hashtag SMMW13, which stands for Social Media Marketing World, and you're going to be shocked at the analysis that it came up with. Listen to this. It says people in this group are in their mid-30s, typically white Caucasians, married with children, and very high income. And there's a notable audience concentration in San Diego, which is, of course, where the conference was held. Um, and it goes on to say um, what these people do professionally. It says in their spare time, they enjoy wine, yoga, political news, home improvement, and science news. Um, and as consumers... Um, they, they eat at Panera <laughs> and In-N-Out Burger and Payway and P.F. Chang's and they shop at Trader Joe's and Petco and Home Depot and Target and they're dressed by Nordstrom and REI and they use uh, Hootsuite and TweetDeck and LinkedIn and they're influenced by uh, Pete Cashmore over at Mashable and Hootsuite and TechCrunch and Gary Vee and AdAge and this is just, uh, oh and also uh, they're typically female uh, 36.2 years old. Uh, they tweet about 2.3 times a day. They have an average of 790 followers. Uh, they're concentrated in San Diego, New York, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. Now, th this makes total sense because this was a conference in San Diego. And, um, you know, if I continue to dig through here, it shows me all sorts of things about their ethnicity, uh, where they're located, what their occupations are, what their interests are. Uh, how they're influenced by technology, the, the major brands, for example. Starbucks is one of the major brands they're influenced by. Uh, who they're following on average, for example, 50% are following Pete Cashmore. So uh, there is a ton of interesting information that this provides. And I was absolutely blown away by it. It's called Demographics Pro for Twitter. And, you can, and it's brand new. And you can find out more at DemographicsPro.com. Give it a try and let us know what you think. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. With that, let's, trans blah, let's transition over uh, to today's expert interview with Melanie Duncan, 
all about Pinterest marketing. To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest. I am very excited to be joined today by Melanie Duncan. Melanie comes from the home decor and apparel industry, and she owns LuxuryMonograms.com and CustomGreekThreads.com. She also does online training for business owners, and she spends a ton of time focusing on Pinterest marketing. Melanie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I'm so excited to be here today. Well, today, Melanie and I are going to explore Pinterest and how it can help your business drive more traffic to your website or your blog. Now, Melanie, let's start with your business. How has Pinterest helped any of your businesses? Can you kind of share a little bit of the backstory? Absolutely. I love to. And you know what? It's funny because some people think since I use Pinterest that I just must be this marketing mind and I discovered it and I was on, you know, the one of the first people to use it. And the truth is I completely stumbled across Pinterest marketing. Um, I, I focus on social media and online marketing, but it was Pinterest that hit me clear out of the blue um, back in January. And actually I started receiving a high volume of traffic and orders to my site. And I had to log into my Google Analytics even to recognize what was going on going on and what was happening. But as soon as I saw the potential for what it could do in terms of bringing new customers and new traffic to my site, I started developing and testing and researching what other brands were doing. And I was able to highlight and form a strategy for what was actually going to work when it came to Pinterest. Uh, but in terms of how it's helped my businesses, I've been able to promote both my products and also brand my service-based business, uh, built an email list around it, and really focused on using it to promote my content, like my blog posts, my videos, um, anything that's actually on my site to get more exposure. So talk to me a little bit about, was it Luxury Monograms in particular, that first you saw the Pinterest traffic coming in on? It was. It was luxury monograms. And it simply was people already pinning things from my site. So before I had any pin it buttons, before anyone, you know, it's hard to imagine even at this point. But, you know, even about a year ago, not very many people had those pin it buttons on their site. But people can still pin things from your website if they have the pin it button in their browser. So people were going to my website, pinning the content, then their friends and followers were seeing my products on their news feed. And so I started getting residual traffic and sales just from that exposure. How in the world did you even figure out that Pinterest was at play here? Were you just looking at your Google Analytics or something? Oh, yeah. Well, I noticed. I mean, it, it sounds so funny, but I noticed within a week, we started to get a spike in sales. And I was at that point, I was like to touch upon this. I was really struggling with that business, trying to get a consistent stream of quality traffic, something that, you know, maybe some of the listeners today can relate to. You know, I was trying pay-per-click. I was using Facebook, but I wasn't seeing the results to pay off in any way that I wanted to continue those strategies. So I was in kind of a, a tough spot at that time trying to figure out what was really going to work to market this business. And um, we started to get more orders. And I remember because I always have my order notifications on my phone. And I was out with my husband walking around Central Park. And we were out for the day and we were getting, you know, three, five, six, seven orders. And I thought, this is so weird. We normally don't see this sort of a reaction. And once it continued for a few days, I did log into my Google Analytics and was able to see that Pinterest was that traffic that was converting. So... Just for the people that aren't super Pinterest savvy, like myself, and I'm not, <laughs> was um, what kind of photographs were 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 performing for you, and they how and how did it work exactly? Yeah, so they were pinning products. 
So they were going to product pages and something that I've always focused on with all of my brands is really uh, high quality product photography. And that doesn't mean expensive necessarily, but you know, we had some great styled shots where we had the products in some colorful settings. For instance, Luxury Monograms, our top selling product are these throw pillows. So we did a bunch of fun photographs of the throw pillows, you know, on a picnic or maybe, you know, at like a little um, vignette of a tablescape, like a party, you know, with different candies, some fun, colorful, punchy photographs. And those were getting pinned a lot, but really just even the basic product photos. So we always take them in our our warehouse, no fancy camera or anything, but we always use nice lighting. We have a simple white backdrop so the products really pop out and, um, you know, catch your eye. And that's what people were pinning were just these great, um, simple product shots of our inventory. So once you realized that people were pinning your pictures of these monogrammed um, apparel items, did you decide to get more creative with some of your photography? You know, it really wasn't the photography at that point. Once I started to see that and I started to research Pinterest more and I started to look at other brands that were paving the way and, you know, setting this up for Pinterest marketing, I wasn't necessarily the photography, but it started to touch upon what, which was my background in online marketing, focusing on using things like call to actions. You know, there's that image description. If you're not familiar with Pinterest, not only is there an image, but you also can write something below the image. And so a lot of people, Pinterest requires that you write something. So you'll see a lot of people just do a period or write something like want this or cool. And I started testing call to actions, you know, telling people to click here. I started figuring out that you could put links in your captions. I even started doing, um, when you click on an image on Pinterest, that's what takes you to the website. So I thought, well, how can I get more people to click? So I started actually putting a little button, something that said click here. I would create, you know, a picture with one of our products or a few of our products. And then I would actually add an image of a little button and say, click here. And I found that drastically increased the amount of people that were clicking through. And then I started reading more research that was supporting that, showing that, you know, a call to action, just telling people what you want them to do, like click here or repin this or comment below, increases engagement by 80%. So not so much the photography, but really starting to think about how can I use keywords? How can I tell people? How can I start integrating text to tease people? But I know we're going to go into a lot of that in the additional questions, but that's what I focused on was more of the marketing strategies instead of just the photography. Okay. So um, let me ask you this question. Let's say someone is on, um, on a website of someone who's listening to this podcast right now uh, and, and they decide they're an active Pinterest person and they decide to want to share an image. Is there a way to have um, kind of a pre-written, quote-unquote, description so that when they click on the image, it will populate the image into Pinterest and also kind of give a caption, if you will? Or is it kind of up to the user to get creative with the description that they share on Pinterest? There is. um, It's either a plugin or code you can use. But yes, there is a way on a website where you can default and have it say something or have certain keywords. I've seen some sites do that. Now, it can be erased or cleared. So it's not something that, you know, even if you have it default to have some sort of terminology or some statement, people can still clear it out and write in whatever they want. Well, see, that's such an important thing because, for example, with with Twitter, Twitter allows you to um, create a, a tweet and kind of pre-program, if you will, the words. Like for example, you can go to click to tweet.com and 
you can go ahead and uh, type in the words that you want, and then you can create a URL. And when someone clicks on it, it pre-populates a tweet with pre-crafted that they can edit. And most people don't edit it. So that's really powerful and good to know. Yes. Um, all right. Let's talk about some of the mistakes. Uh, you've been experimenting, obviously, with Pinterest marketing. Um, what are some of the mistakes that you've made or that you find other marketers are making on Pinterest and perhaps how should they be rectified or changed? Sure. I'm so glad you asked that because it is a very different type of social media platform. And one of the mistakes I see marketers or small business owners make is they don't really understand how to use it for business purposes. For instance, you know, a lot of us started by having a personal Pinterest profile and the activity or what research shows us is that 80% of pins on Pinterest are repins, meaning people log on to Pinterest and their behavior is they look at their news feed. So all of the pins pins that are from the people they're following on that platform and they repin. So they look at those and they say, oh, I want to post that to my homes board or, oh, I want to put that product on my wish list or I want to put that blog post under useful information. But they really don't go out across the internet and try and find new forms of information to put on the platform. So one of the biggest mistakes that marketers are making is they're not creating enough original content. And in fact, over 80% of the pins being repins, if you want to get the real difference, if you really want to get the results, what you need to do is to be that 20% of content creators. So create the new content, put your blog posts, put your videos, create infographics and have have that content be on the platform and that's what will get you results because then people spread that information and get you that exposure um, automatically. Okay. So what I hear you saying is that most people on Pinterest are, are lemons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, I know. And they just follow everyone else, right? And if, right. if you want to actually get some action and activity on Pinterest and you need to be proactive in making the types of of, um, of graphics or images that someone will want to share. I That's mean, where the opportunity is. Gotcha. Okay. Um, what is, um, let's say it this way. How does a business determine if Pinterest is even worth doing? Cause I'm sure some people listening right now might be thinking, well, Pinterest is predominantly women and I'm not sure my product is for, for them. And that may be a misconception. Or maybe I don't have something that's got beautiful pictures. So, you know, how, what are some questions that a business should ask themselves to, to qualify whether Pinterest is a wise marketing tool? Absolutely. And, you know, I do want to point out a lot of service business owners think that they can't be on Pinterest. It's only for products. And that's entirely false. So if there are people out there listening and they're thinking, ah, you know, I just don't think this works for services, that that's not true. So I just want to preface with that. But I will tell you, there's no guesswork needed. Uh, Pinterest has a free analytics tool. It's available to all business pages now. So if you go on Google and you type in, you know, free Pinterest analytics tool, there's three steps you need to take in order to be able to have access. You have to have a business page on Pinterest. You have to have verified your site and you also have to have switched to the new look. So all of that, you can find tutorials how to do just by Googling or looking on YouTube. But once you've done those three things, Pinterest hooks up analytics to your site. So you can see if your pins are being repinned, how often, how much traffic they're actually sending to your site, what your impressions are like in terms of on your boards, on the search function. Um, so it's very easy to see if people are responding and engaging with your content on that platform very quickly. 
Okay, so to say what you just said in another way, go set up a Pinterest page for your business and go through the process that you just mentioned and then just see if people are naturally pinning stuff off your website. That's the first thing, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think that, like I said, I know we're going to be discussing mistakes and things to do differently, but I think you also need to make sure that you're not just pinning other people's stuff because I've worked with a lot of clients that contact me, you know, a a month after going through some of my training, but not really paying attention to my training. And they'll say, you know, I'm just not getting traffic. I don't think it works. And we'll look and we'll see a lot of those common mistakes, you know, not pinning original content, not having content that's actually linking to your site. The only way you're going to get traffic from pinning is if you're creating content that links to your site. And that probably sounds obvious to a lot of people, but I'm still seeing a lot of business owners that are simply creating a business page and thinking that's enough. You know, you have to go through the foundational strategies of building a follower base. You have to be creating useful, engaging content on the platform. Now, once you've covered your bases on that, then you can see if that content resonates. What type of content on Pinterest seems to be um, more popular, if you will? Sure. Uh, useful content. It's really funny. I think there's still a big myth around Pinterest that it has to be something really pretty. Uh, We see that useful information, tutorials, infographics, any sort of interesting information put in some sort of a visual format is very, very popular on the platform. Um, Trending is also a great strategy to use when it comes to Pinterest. If it's around July, 4th of July is a big activity, you know, a big holiday. What can you post or write about around different trends, whether they are holidays or whether it's something that's going on socially or politically. Uh, Trending content gets a lot of a response on Pinterest. Excellent. So um, let's talk about some of the strategies that you suggest either to your clients or that you employ yourself to actually drive traffic from Pinterest to your website. Can you recommend a, a, a strategy or tactic or two? Absolutely. You know, I think for product-based business owners, first of all, is you want to give people information, you know, ideas on how to use your products. Also, um, a great idea I saw a cosmetics brand called Birchbox do is they created a board with videos. So there are videos showing how to use their products, so how to use their nail polish or their lipstick, that type of stuff. But they also give them ideas. So not just the basic functions of here's how you do it, but hey, you know, if you want to create this really cool manicure, here's a cool way to do it. And they created this great video walking people through how to do that. Um, Something that I do with luxury monograms is I've created different boards, giving people ideas on how to use our products. You know, giving, we have a board that's just for bridesmaids gifts or wedding gifts, and we'll showcase our products along with different things. So we sell a lot of monogram napkins, but I've also pinned some beautiful napkin rings from Crate and Barrel or some, you know, fun napkin rings and placemats from Williams-Sonoma. So blending your products in a board that is around a topic area where people are already trying to think of gifts or, you know, around the holidays, decor ideas, but we also will showcase our monogrammed um, stockings along with other Christmas decorations. So putting your products in context with um, something they're already thinking about or searching for ideas around. Okay. I ha- I just have a couple crazy thoughts that came to my mind. Um, what if somebody was to get creative here and they put together an image that said something like three tips for blank, you know, um, whatever it happens to be. And they included the first two tips in the graphic. And then the third tip said, click here for the third tip. Is that something that people could do to kind of drive people from the image to, you know, the website or is that, would that be frowned upon in the Pinterest community? 
No, that's actually an excellent, excellent strategy. I call it teaser content because you'll see one of this pin that went viral I saw a few weeks ago is a picture of a camera and across the top, it just said, learn to use it. So this big camera and learn to use it. You know, you don't want to write paragraphs. No one's going to read that. But a simple thing like that or having, I saw a photographer do this. They had a, you know, a cool background, just a bunch of different colors. And they had a banner that said 34 Photoshop tutorials that'll leave you looking like a pro. Mm. So, you know, giving people something specific and we all, you know, all of us marketers know this, not just saying, you know, photography training or something like that, but 34 Photoshop tips that will leave you looking like a pro using those copywriting skills to really, you know, up people's curiosity, get them interested and get them to click through. You also mentioned video. Um, Can you explain a little bit about how video works on Pinterest? Is it similar to how it works on Facebook? Oh my gosh. Well, personally, I have found video to be far more effective for me on Pinterest than on Facebook. Everyone has different experiences, but video is so, so effective on Pinterest because first of all, not a lot of people know that you can pin videos. And when you pin a video, it shows up on the newsfeed, same size as, you know, any other regular pin, but it has a big black and white play button in the middle of it. And it just catches your eye. I mean, talk about, you know, a call to action or something that, you know, you should click or engage with. So it's very eye-catching and it really stands out against all of the other static images. Um, but video is so incredible. I, I could go off speaking of, you know, tangents or rabbit holes about video a lot, but as a service provider, that's where I really use video on Pinterest. You could definitely use it for products and, you know, showcasing products and talking about them, similar to how Zappos uses video on their site. But as a service provider, I put together little two to three clips of, you know, business advice or training or some sort of tutorial. Um, and I find it to refer the most traffic out of any of my other pins. Well, I've seen some of your blog posts, if I'm not mistaken, where you have little video tips, um, is it generally just like a YouTube kind of a, does it work with Vimeo or YouTube? Do you know how that? Yeah, it works with Vimeo and YouTube. So you just have to have the pin it button in your bookmarklet. It has to be, you know, in as part of your browser. And then when you're on a page on YouTube or you're on a page on Vimeo with a video, you just click the pin it button and it'll pull up the video. You pin it right there. So you don't have to embed anything. It's you don't have to be tech savvy to do it. It's very simple as as long as you're on that page on YouTube or Vimeo. And I would imagine you could use a vi- a video call to action, right? Like you could say, for example, leave your comment below or if you're not on you know the page be sure to click below or whatever to get there Right, right. Yeah. So it, it will link to your YouTube page. And I also will, you know, combat that because when they click on it, it will take them to YouTube. So absolutely have a link below the video. But you can also use that caption area on your pin. So you have a little video and you could put something below, you know, for additional strategies or to sign up for more free training. And then you could put a link to an opt-in page or a link to your, you know, site or your blog. For someone who's not super like a uh, Photoshop expert, so to speak, um, let's say they've got some great photographs uh, or images. Um, maybe they bought something off iStockphoto.com or something and they want to add some words to it. Do you have any tools that you might recommend to make their life a little easier? Oh, absolutely. And I always <laughs> tell some of my clients, you know, don't think that I'm tech savvy just because I use Pinterest to market my businesses. I am not tech savvy and Photoshop intimidates the heck out of me. I always open it up and think I'm going to tackle it, but <laughs> I use PicMonkey, P-I-C monkey.com 
funny name, but amazing site. It's free. You just drag photos into it and you can add text. You can add little, you know, bubbles, banners. They've got all sorts of great stuff. You can also enhance the images. That's what I use to create all my pins. Yeah. And I, I have profiled that tool on a previous episode of, um, of this podcast. And actually I discovered it from you, uh, because you were speaking at uh, a conference for David Simon Garland and I saw that you had recommended and I was blown away. It's such a cool tool. Oh, it's awesome. It's really great. Um, the Pinterest audience, what's your assessment on how it varies from other social networks? So different, very, very different. You know, people on Pinterest are doing something very different than what they're doing on Facebook or even on Twitter. You know, on Facebook, they're really looking to see what their friends are doing, you know, what's going on, looking at updates. But when people are on Pinterest, they're in a very different state of mind. They're actively looking for products and information to discover. They're in this discovery mode to start with. And that's a huge advantage for a business or a brand. You know, we're already getting people where we're not trying to tear them away from looking at pictures of last night's party or something like that, where they're in a phase where they're really looking um, for discovery. And 70% of people use Pinterest to get inspiration on what to buy. So there's a lot of people that are going onto Pinterest that are looking for products or looking for services in the first place. And that's why they spend more money. You know, I was looking at some research that was talking about how much higher the revenue per click was um, when people were coming from Pinterest. In fact, I think the average order value from Twitter is around $70. It's around $80 from Facebook. But from Pinterest, it's around $180, over twice the average order value as when someone's clicking through from Facebook. And because of that, I think that it's very different the way that a brand can engage. You can pin a product. You know, I think if sometimes if you just post a product on Facebook, people don't really want to engage with your brand that way. They want to, you know, do more relational type of things. But on Pinterest, people are shopping. You know, you want to add prices to your pins. You can add a price to your pin just by typing the dollar sign and the numeric value in the caption. So very simple. But a lot of brands still don't do this because they think, oh, gosh, I don't want anyone to know I'm selling something, right? Which we feel like, oh, maybe that's not appropriate. But on but Pinterest, tr- it is it's okay. Yeah, they get more likes. Pins with prices actually get 36% more likes. Huh. So, you know, don't be afraid to sell and to promote your products on this platform. Wow. Awesome. Now, um, for folks that are listening right now that want to use Pinterest uh, to try to increase the traffic to their blog, for example, um, Maybe they don't necessarily have a product to sell, but they've got, you know, information that's really valuable that they hope somebody on Pinterest would want to perhaps click through to, uh, to read about. Mm-hmm. Do you have any suggestions? Yeah. I mean, I'll say it again. I think I've said it in a few, but call to actions. Anytime you want to get people to click through, you want them to repin this. I've tested this time and time again. It sounds obvious, but it works. I mean, I tested the same pin and in one of the captions, I said, repin this, blah, 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 blah. And the other one, I just, you know, put my keywords or whatever in a link. And I got over double the amount of repins when I simply told people, Repin this. So if you do want to get people to circulate your content, um, just telling them what you want them to do. Click here to learn the 34 ways to, um, you know, increase your Photoshop skills. Tell them what they're going to learn. Um, in addition, tease with text. You know, we talked about that idea of using PicMonkey. You want to put text on your images, particularly if you're going to link to a blog post. I do that on all of my blog posts. I have an image from the post, but then I have that teaser content. You know, less than 10 words telling them 
what they're going to learn, you know, pique their interest, what is going to be of value on the other side. That's something I see a lot of people write these great blog posts and then they pin these images from the blog posts that are kind of nondescript, like you were saying, something from iStock photo of, you know, a woman smiling and nobody knows what that is. And even if you put a great caption below it, a lot of people won't even read the caption. They glance at the image with a lot of other images on the page and nothing's really sticking out to them. So you always want to make sure for blog post content or even videos that there's some sort of text across the image so that people have a really brief and clear understanding of what there is to benefit on the other side and why they should want to click through. You know, we probably should just ask this question. How do actually people discover the the content on Pinterest or said another way, how does Pinterest organize pins? Is it by keyword or how does that work exactly? Sure. Well, there's a couple different ways. I mean, depending on who you're following. So when you first set up a Pinterest account, they'll recommend some people for you to follow based upon the different general interests that you tell them you're interested in. Uh, But also a lot of people will, you know, sync it to Facebook and they'll follow their friends on Facebook, that sort of a thing. So you'll always see on your newsfeed the content that people you're following are pinning. So that's kind of similar, similar to Facebook, the way that you see all of your friends' status updates or you see the pages that you've liked, you see their updates. Um, you'll always see that stream from people you're following. But there's also a search box on the top left, and you can search with keywords. So that's something I always really encourage people to do in their captions is to include keywords because if you want to appear as a search result for Facebook or marketing or YouTube, as long as you have those words, those keywords in your board title or in the caption of your pin, you can be pulled up or you'll be you know, pushed up to the top to be able to be a result for searching for keywords. So two ways, search and also who you're following. As far as the search algorithm goes, is it, how does it determine which ones to show first? Is it based on the number of followers, for example, or the number of likes on an image? You know, that is a fabulous question. Pinterest will not tell us. Um, I don't see it to be necessarily the, you know, most pins or the most engagement or any really preferential treatment. It seems to just kind of refresh, um, but I, I don't know exactly what. So the it may not be the same every that. time is what you're saying, right? No, it's not the same every time. It's constantly different. Interesting. Uh-huh. Well, Melanie, man, you know, it's a big topic. And it is. It's, 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 you know, a new social network that frankly wasn't really even on the horizon two years ago. And it's like, yeah. boom, all of a sudden the things exploded in the last year. It's just insane. Um, Melanie, if people want to learn more about your business and more about Pinterest in general, do you have any resources or places that you would want to send them? Absolutely. So if you go to melanieduncan.com, it's M-E-L-A-N-I-E, D-U-N-C-A-N.com. Um, I have a bunch of free training videos on there. If you ever want to hop on a webinar with me, you can go to powerofpinning.com forward slash webinar. Um, and I'm happy to go through a lot of different strategies on how you can use Pinterest to market a business product or service based on one of those. Outstanding. Melanie, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to share your experiences with Pinterest. And uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This has been very fun. Well, I hope you got a lot out of that interview with Melanie Duncan and you're inspired to go ahead out and try Pinterest for your business and start seeing some results. Let us know how it works for you. A few quick announcements. If you enjoy this podcast, I would be indebted to you if you'd be willing to share it with your friends. The easiest way to do that 
is to visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash love. And you can do this while you're out and mobile. What this will do is pre-populate a tweet in your Twitter stream that says you like the podcast and let your friends know about it. Another way you can help is by going over to iTunes and give us giving us a rating and or a review. And the easiest way to do that is to visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes. Now, if there's been anything that we've mentioned in this podcast that you want to go back and reference, the easiest way to do that is to go to the show notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 38. This does bring us to the end of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Stelzner. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.